0: Pardon your heart with you your family But in the blink of an eye,
1: it's all gone. It's one and done TV Hello and welcome to One and Done TV. I am one of your co-hosts,
0: Ian Hamilton and I am the second single one of your co-hosts, John Polking.
1: And this is the podcast where we review television shows that were canceled in the middle of or after their first season, which ends up being their only season because they're one and done. Get it? Woo. They figured it out. Finally, after 10 episodes. After 10 episodes, we finally got it down. Even though there feels like it feels a little bit like we have a disconnect.
0: There's some air in this right now. Oh, there is? Like between our conversation?
1: Yeah, I just mean, uh, I don't know. It's like we're running out of things to talk about.
0: Yeah, I think we have we hit the wall? Have we... we hit the wall.
1: Okay. There it is. This is we're gonna be one and done at ten episodes.
0: Pack it in. No more ninety minute episodes. And uh I think this'll be our first two two-minuter. and uh what you... <laughs> we'll uh we'll pack it in and we'll try we'll try again next week. Hey, you know what? We gave it a go. Uh I'm proud of us though. You know, we, you know what? I'm, I'm going to
1: rebrand and uh, do it by myself.
0: Mm. So that way it's a true one and done because then you're just one. And th- I think it's a little sadder because then it's just a little bit more self-reflective, a little bit more introspective. Do you really want to dive into yourself a little bit more? Do it's going to be
1: a 24-hour stream. Oh. Just radio stream. And I'm going to one day, di- every day, I'm just going to... Watch a new show, simulcast me watching a new show. uh, you can listen to me you know eating chips and stuff
0: while I do it, and it's gonna be a big hit. Don't worry, bud you'll be you'll be Joe Rogan before you know it, just like full on and and we'll we'll be I'll be number one with the voyeuristic crowd oh yeah you you really want the creeps. The, I want the creeps. I know you want the creeps. we all want the creeps.
1: all money is money uh speaking of the creeps john what are <laughs> we watching today
0: <laughs> we are watching the weird al show yes something that neither one of us knew existed until about a couple of weeks ago which is insane we'll talk about that in a sec uh but before we get into that hey bud what you watching um i'm watching season three of the boys okay um, i haven't gotten into it yet
1: it's it's crazy it's the boys it's those boys Oh, boys. So many people just exploding and their guts go everywhere. Yeah. And it's I I mean, I I love the boys. I'm a big fan. You wouldn't realize that it would be so much more than a superhero show if you didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. Um but it really is a scathing review of everything that is America right now. <laughs> Uh, but it does it in a pretty impactful way, I think. Yeah, and also a very jarring way. You're not gonna, you're not gonna forget it.
0: Yeah, the second they brought in superhero Nazis into season two, I was just like, "This is a lot of show," and I am all on board. No, uh, I love, I, I love the I first think they two have seasons. S-
1: somebody explode every episode.
0: Oh, that's fun. Pretty much, or somebody explode like, onto people at, at least, you know, just like make a whole mess of it.
1: Um, I don't think we can say that on this PG show.
0: <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You said it. I said it. It's ingrained in me. I can't. I can't not say it. It's. A, it's a part of me. Uh,
1: John. What are What are you watching? Let's move on from that.
0: Well, speaking of gross stuff, I've been watching. I was watching. Uh, Stranger Things four, um, which is why still,
1: I uh, see I still haven't watched
0: that. Yeah, well, ha, have you watched any of Stranger Things? Or oh yeah, oh, I okay. love
1: Stranger Things. My big critique of season three is that I felt like they tried a little too hard to be funny, mm-hmm. and I like it. And it's when it's darker, and I've heard season four is very dark.
0: Oh, you are going to be satisfied. Good, uh, yeah, good. it is a dark, dark horror season, and it's really gnarly some of the stuff that they do just in terms of like the creature design and the, the biting and the eating and the, the guts and whatnot. It goes to a lot of places and I'm like, Oh yeah. Wasn't this at one point a family show or at least like a teen show. And I'm like, I don't even see this stuff in our rated movies usually. I mean,
1: don't they do crazy stuff in like Riverdale too? Do they? I've never I've seen, Riverdale. Never seen R-
0: Riverdale either. So it's nice okay. that we brought it up when neither one of us has any ground to stand on wait
1: have what you it? ever seen the Sabrina the teenage witch no I with... haven't
0: the with Me uh, Kiernan
1: Shipka Kiernan Shipka it's like Marishka Hargitay.
0: No, Hargitay uh, at least rolls off the tongue I think Kiernan and Shipka are both pretty harsh on our mics right now Kiernan Shipka they don't feel good coming out of Kiernan Shipka it doesn't like it like It stays in the throat.
1: You have to enunciate every syllable of that. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. In trouble with who? Matthew Weiner is going to come after you.
0: He does have my address somehow. It may have been because I put a return address on some death threats. You know, we... Oh, okay.
1: I thought you were about to brag about being one of the early adopters of Netflix.
0: No, because my dad was took up that mantle. I was just a, a patsy.
1: It was amazing though. DVDs just came in the mail, mm-hmm.
0: and uh, we had it. them. It was a great time. I actually re-signed up for Netflix in college, like DVD Netflix, right? Because there was some stuff that wasn't streaming on Netflix that they had on the DVDs, and I was like, I want the DVDs. Oh yeah, and- that
1: was um that was like a regular thing that they their DVD collection was massive but they only streamed certain things.
0: Yeah. And now they just have everything. And here we are talking about something that's on Peacock. That's right. There was one other point I want to make. Wait, about Stranger Things.
1: I think the monsters have gotten better every year. Oh, yeah. And people like to rag on it, but I I just love it. I love Stranger Things. It's been very good. I think the monsters are very creative. I'm sure that they steal from other horror stuff or other books or whatever. Uh but I just I I I'm not super into horror and I'm not super into I don't know
0: books. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's all pretty original to me. That's my point.
0: It's you are just a big old susceptible dummy that'll just uh, let anything soak over you. I do oh, agree. Yeah. I'm a I, pleb. I do agree, though, that the monster, and you'll like this season too, because it's very sort of, in addition to some really great, gruesome CGI, the sort of big bad of season four is very much a good, like, practical effect monster. As oh, well.
1: yes. I love practical effect monsters. Yeah.
0: Great combo. It's uh, mm-hmm. it works out really well. I'm really excited because they're releasing the last two episodes, which is going to run at like four total hours, I think, uh, in a couple weeks. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah, probably after this episode airs. But Have they been releasing it one week at a time? No, they did release the first seven, and then each one of those is basically a movie. Like the la- the the seventh episode of Stranger Things four is like clocks in at like an hour forty. Wow. Yeah, it's an investment. Which is why I've been putting off watching the boys because I wanted to get through that. Ugh,
1: this is a, and what do I watch first though, John Barry? Because I want to rewatch all of Barry before I watch season three. Or mm. do I watch Stranger Things season four?
0: You watch Stranger Things season four because I feel like there's going to be things that happen in these last two episodes that are going to be spoiled for you super duper quick. And yeah, so,
1: you're right. I'm already getting kind of spoilers. Just yeah. from, from like memes or whatever, where I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to know any of this.
0: The Wonka Vader so. of spoilers, you know, sli- sideways and slantways and upways and downways. Any ways. other ways
1: you can think of. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, the greatest showman, Willy Wonka, Ian, I think that it's showtime. Five,
1: four, three, two, one, showtime.
0: In 1997, they gave. Weird Al Yankovic, The Keys to the Pee-Wee's Playhouse. Unfortunately, it didn't have the same sort of cultural impact that our friend Paul Rubens did as this one was one and done. So Ian, Weird Al Show. We, we should, I think, walk the listeners through just how big of, how fundamental Weird Al is to us.
1: Yes. Uh, I distinctly remember in our neighbor's house, my neighbor's house, the Vasquez's, Mm -hmm. seeing the Saga Begins music video and like the three of us and then Mr. Vasquez, we were all just rolling on the floor, dying laughing. We thought it was so funny. And I that was my first intro into Weird Al. We immediately bought Running With Scissors as an album, and that was the first concert I went to, I think, uh, Running With Scissors, which I would have been,
0: we would have been what, in kindergarten or maybe first grade? So it was 1999 was Running With Scissors, so we were seven. So I'd oh, say- Oh, okay. So we were in like class together at this point. Me and well, me, you
1: well, had been in kindergarten. Oh, yeah, we were in We were in the yeah. same kindergarten through third grade classes. So. Yeah, yeah. Right, and I remember seeing you at that concert. Yeah, I don't think we had planned that, did we? Or no, we 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 didn't because later, me and you went to Poodle Hat together. Yes,
0: that was it, and they were both which is another
1: Weird Al al album.
0: Both at Navy Pier. Yeah, and ever since then, Weird Al has just been everything. Like I can't think of a time that Weird Al has not been in our lives or that we have not referenced Weird Al constantly we're
1: we're huge uhf fans Mm -hmm. um i've been to i think 10 concerts in my life other than the ones i worked as a stagehand but totally seriously really i i really like i don't go to live shows i'm i get claustrophobic i don't love hot sweaty crowds it's really not my jam i have to really want to go um i've only been to alabama shakes Mumford and Sons, uh reminder I'm a hipster. Uh Paul McCartney, uh Bill Callahan, again hipster, Sufjan, again hipster, and five weird al concerts.
0: Yeah. And I think I've been to four weird al concerts. I'm going to my fifth in a couple weeks after we record this. That's right. I actually I still don't have my tickets, but he's coming in October. I'm sure I'll figure it out. You've got some time. I heard he just got covid, too. Or like not too long ago. So, well He's
1: been singing at a high level for a long time, so I hope that doesn't uh, mess with the pipes.
0: Yeah. For those that aren't as familiar with Weird Al Yankovic, he is a master comedy musician, uh, sort of built himself on parodies of songs, primarily in the kind of 80s and early 90s. But I think for both of us, right, his originals have been the most influential to
1: us. Yeah, I mean, my favorite song will always be Frank's two thousand inch TV, and yours will always be "That's Your Horoscope" for today.
0: That is that is true. Or everything you know is wrong. Or the song that was not one, but two different categories during your bachelor party Jeopardy game, Albuquerque, the eleven
1: minute a- anthem.
0: Yes. That is yeah. not so and much a song as it is group, just kind all... of a list of references.
1: Right. We we know that song very well. I actually did it at karaoke maybe a month or two ago. <laughs> and, well, someone else put it on, and I was like, this is rude. We're hijacking karaoke for like 11 minutes. But since I was blameless in this, I joined in and uh, loved every minute of it and then didn't realize that a song I had put on was next. So I pretty much hijacked this karaoke party
0: for like 15 minutes on accident <laughs> hey that's not on you man that was somebody else forcing thrusting that upon you that's right one thing though uh, that, that we haven't talked about in a long time when it comes to weird al that i thought of as i was going through this episode do you remember our trip to build a bear
1: Yes, we both went to Build a Bear Workshop when we were again what eight years old.
0: Yeah, it's like second grade, I think.
1: I think it was for your some sort of birthday present for you. I think I think your parents brought us. Okay, and we both made horses, and we both ma- named them Weird Al.
0: Yeah, we they were they weren't just horses. They were the same horse, and they had identical outfits. That's because we were so
1: creative
0: <laughs> yeah and i have this distinct memory of us because we would do show and tell that would rotate around the class it was my show and tell day and it was something that needed to be fit in a bag and i like gave a couple clues and you knew immediately and everyone else was super confused and it was like you got three guesses and like somebody said like one guess and i was like no somebody said another guess no and then i called on you and you were like it's al and I was wow. like, wow. Yeah, it is, bud. I, I don't a, remember that at all. Well, I was it was before I was a public speaker, and so it was very foundational to my ability to control a crowd. What? Yeah. What are you saying? The our first second and third grade class, they were my puppets. I was the puppet master, and I was playing them and I was dangling their strings and I was going do 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 dance dance dance. That's yeah.
1: It's, Am I battery powered and you're controlling me from afar?
0: Yeah. You're like the, I've got everyone else's in strings on one hand and then you are being uh, fiddled with on a control on my left hand.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm being fiddled with.
0: <laughs> so the fact that we've been Weird Al fans for two plus decades and that neither one of us had heard of the Weird Al show. Right. No, and what's weird about it yeah. is that
1: I actually learned about it about a year ago. You only found out about it a couple of weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but I, I had also since forgotten. And, but we both knew. I knew the theme song from the show. That's the th- and I also part. knew I the Harvey too. the Wonder Hamster song. Yeah, but I didn't know it was an actual show, mm-hmm. or I thought it was from. LTV, which is which are video specials he used to release before his albums came out. He'd put them out on what VH1?
0: Yeah, and it would be sort of part music video release, part he would do fake interviews with people. Those were so good. He'd take so existing
1: good. interviews with famous people, like especially the Eminem one, and he would just cut himself in asking ridiculous questions mm-hmm. and then go to their answer. Obviously, it's not what they were answering. Hmm. But I just remember he does a hyper cut of Eminem going, "No, I'm saying? And he goes, yes I, saying. Saying. Saying? <laughs> yes, I know what you're saying. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I know what you're saying. Know I'm saying?
0: Yes, <laughs> I know what you're saying.
1: Only he probably does it eight more times than that.
0: Yeah, it was... Incredible. And I, so when I saw the Weird Al show, I was literally browsing on Peacock. I was just seeing what else was on Peacock. And I wow. saw, and I saw the Weird Al show. Oh, is this Al TV? And I clicked on it and it was not Al TV at all. It was its own thing. So in 1997, towards the end of the year, CBS sort of commissioned, uh, or yeah, commissioned Weird Al to basically aid their federally mandated requirement for educational and informative content. So basically Saturday morning cartoons that were dealt or were designed to teach kids certain lessons. This was apparently something that was, it was part of the FCC rules that had recently come out. And so Al had said, hey, I do want to do some sort of like Pee Wee's Playhouse type of thing but sort of make it my own and try to make it a little bit more subversive. And so he pitched it, and they bought it. And uh, so I don't know if you noticed, but Dick Clark is one of the producers on the show. Yes,
1: I was going to bring that up. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and he appears in one of the episodes too. And so Dick Clark Productions was the big production company behind The Weird Al Show. And... I mean, it
1: makes sense. Didn't Dick Clark uh, do radio as well?
0: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: Sure, right. Like that, it would kind of make He's sense. He's got a that face for radio. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice, man. that's right. Yeah, that like I don't know that there would be bleed over that he would be interested in him. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: No, I think it's fair. Uh, and it seems like the hand of CBS and Dick Clark was pretty heavy into the production of the show, which. We can get into later on when we talk about why it was canceled, but I did think it was interesting. It was you. It was in the same soundstage that was used by the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. Wow! Yeah, and so and they also built this set out onto. uh, It was like down the hall from the from Jay Leno's studio.
1: I never know how this stuff works though, because it's like it's a CBS show. Why is it in a studio that was always hosted an NBC show? Like sh- it's just a, the lot is not owned by a studio?
0: Yeah, some shows get developed by certain networks or different larger companies. And then, you know, they still get the money from the networks that air that product. So it's just a difference between the production of it and the airing of it. And we sometimes- call
1: that the Bob Patterson effect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's what we do call it, Yes. It is, it is part of Bob the Bob
1: Patterson episode. It will not be the first time that it is mentioned in this episode.
0: It, oh, boy, howdy. And did you see who directed the show, too? Mm,
1: John's internet cut out or oh no. something. He's just kind of no. looking I like, could,
0: oh, there you are. Okay. Did you see who yep, directed It's happening again. Jeez, it says the internet's unstable. John looks funny. I'm going to take a picture. Uh, did you see who directed the show? Peyton Reed, director yeah. of Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. That cracked me up. Uh, so weird. It was so funny. I saw that, and I saw in like my research, it was brought. he was brought to the show through his wife, who worked in a music video production company that did some of Al's music videos. Really? And so Peyton Reed was hired to produce the show.
1: So that was fun. Okay. Oh, so he went from music video director to TV show director. Here,
0: his wife did some produce some of Al's music videos. Oh, I think. okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, um, I don't know if he did.
1: It actually. It also made me realize he was older than I thought he was. Al or Payne-Reed? Peyton Reed? Peyton mm. Reed. Although Al is older than everyone thinks he is, but Al, will but he never also age. started out right. He started out very young, though. And he's Um,
0: vegan, so he's immortal.
1: Exactly. And he drinks very, not frequently, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he drinks at all. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) Now, he said in interviews that he won't turn down a blueberry daiquiri.
0: (laughs) Of course he doesn't. That man, that Hawaiian shirt
1: mustachioed man here's some weird al trivia what is his what is the the funniest food he thinks this is the funniest food
0: oh it's probably one of the foods that got brought up in the show a lot um uh, there was
1: it actually was mentioned once I, I think was, it was said by a kid though
0: ooh I know he loves the word uvula yes I noticed that too uh-huh and I don't know mayonnaise kumquat kumquat or kumquat i never know how to ah, say that. that's a that's a good one that is a good mm-hmm. one It does have a fun fun hard consonants to it it's a very weird al word it is so this show it was an interesting time i realized like within al's career so it was 97 so it was post bad hair day pre running with scissors and running with scissors to me is when he like changed his look too Yeah, cuz he still has the mustache in this show. He still has the mustache and he still has the glasses. And I feel like this is the last sort of big thing that he did before he lost the glasses and mustache. And he became, you know, the same person but just looked a little different. I do find it jarring though sometimes.
1: To yes, see it's it's very two. different. It's
0: such a it, there's such like tiny differences but they feel so huge to me because, you know, we grew up in like the the no glasses era. And then when we look back at the other stuff, it's like, Oh man, that's old.
1: That's what many weird Al fans know him as. It's like Hawaiian shirt, long hair, glasses, mustache, mm-hmm. UHF.
0: And then here we are on a set that I also saw was designed by, I think the same people that did Pee Wee's Playhouse.
1: That completely makes sense. I mean, uh, he, yeah, I wasn't g- sure if it was knowingly like Pee-wee's Playhouse or not, but it sounds like they that was a model for
0: them. Yeah, it was a guy named Wayne White who was the production designer. And so he built he was production designer for Pee-wee's Playhouse. He constructed the Weird Al set, and the Weird Al show takes place in his house which is deep 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 inside of a cave. Uh, he's got one elevator that his guests come in and out of. There's some fun furniture. He has his uh, chair that's made entirely of eyeballs. And he lives <laughs> he lives there with his buddy, Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Do you think the chair
1: made of eyeballs is because it's in front of the TV, so it's always watching the TV? Yes. I just figured that out. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm glad that the show is still teaching you stuff after you watched all 13 episodes of it. <laughs> and to describe the arc of the show would be impossible. I think you
1: gotta we gotta talk about the other characters really quick, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's talk about some of the other kind of characters that pop in and out. Uh let's see, we've got the Hooded Avenger, which is mm-hmm. his superhero friend who lives next door. What are the hooded Avengers powers, though? Do you know?
1: Uh I don't know if we he ever had Like, he was just a generic superhero. I remember one time his power was he could put an ice cube in his mouth and with his tongue sculpt it into a tiny ice horse. Yes. And then he said the – I don't remember what uh, type of horse it was, but it was a very funny name.
0: The specifics are – It was very specific that stand out. The one person who apparently does have a superpower though. I guess we've got two. We've got his cousin Corky um mm-hmm. and who in the in that same episode is revealed to have super strength. Beyond that though, like what was the purpose of Corky, do you think? Um
1: boy, if you have a reveal here, I am all for it because No, I really don't. <laughs> oh, they're teaching lessons to kids, so they needed someone who wasn't confident who finds their confidence. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, we like her as an actress and a character. Let's bring her back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's it. I enjoyed her. But, yes, we do have uh, the psychic uh, Madam Judy who mm-hmm. would always make predictions about things. You, Most of them would be wrong, but some of them would be right. And then she'd also
1: drop into this voice where she's like, okay, which is kind of pee wit let me, let me back away from the mic and do that again. She'd do this voice that would kind of be like, yeah, okay. No, that's that's not a Okay. That was pretty good. No, wrong. Yeah. But she'd talk kind of, ooh, I'm a psychic and I'm talking like this. Like, a, you know, they were all over the TV in the 90s. Uh, Miss Chloe. Was it Miss Chloe? Cleo. It's Cleo. Yeah. Right? You know, all these TV psychics. So she was very like this. And then she'd go, (laughs) Noel. And uh, she was funny. She did a really solid Roseanne Barr impression too
0: at one point. She did. Yeah. She had some really good impressions.
1: uh, Barbara Streisand impression. Mm -hmm. And then she had to do a third one. And I was like, not as good, but still funny.
0: Glad you tried. Glad you tried. And then we also had Val Brentwood, Gal Spy, who was the only character that I kind of recognized, Paula uh, Jai Parker, who I recognized because she was in Hustle and Flow.
1: Oh, see, I never saw Hustle and Flow. You didn't? No, but I can see why they would have to go. They'd be like, "Ah, we need someone. Go through the Weird Al catalog. See who'd be right for this character. I assume that's how they went about it.
0: Oh yeah, that's the only possible way you could find a, a character like that from. Oh a no, sunflow. I definitely
1: recognize the guy that played the uh, man, Cape Crusader, with what, Hooded Avenger. Name? The Hooded Avenger. He's in stuff. He's in like he's in Grand Torino, uh, Boardwalk Empire.
0: But he had a mask on, and so I, I didn't. Thirty
1: Rock. Now he has a kind of. Um, it's going to sound worse than it is. He has this kind of chunky look to him <laughs> where he just has kind of defined. He's kind of a sculpted face. I
0: don't, I don't think know. It's, I don't think it's he's, inherently a bad thing. Like, I think he's the New England this... clam chowder has a chunky look to it, and I quite enjoy New England clam <laughs> chowder.
1: Uh, thanks for saving me on that one. Uh,
0: yeah, he's in like. Per- Pearl Harbor. Oh, he's
1: in The Man Who Wasn't There, which is a movie I, me and Robbie, have been meaning to watch for like two weeks now. We keep saying we're going to watch it. Oh. One of the few Coen brother movies I've never seen.
0: Well, that is fun. I hope uh, you get to bring it up on one of our future episodes and give us your thoughts on it. You will never hear about it again. Then I guess it will be Lost in the Ether. But it could be one of the good uh, questions... uh, whatever happened to Ian's thoughts on the man who wasn't there would be a good question to be asked by Bobby, the inquisitive boy who nice. I think of my good segue. Thank you. I think of the drop in characters. He was my favorite. Yeah. Cause
1: he was so one note.
0: It, it was, was just one like, thing. Come he, in, be inquisitive. He, he only asked questions. Those were all of his lines. He just would right. ask questions about why things were, it would be like anything from where did I come from? To, like, how does a volcano explode? To, how can I, like, wash myself? It, I don't know. There was the
1: ice thing. He's like, where does ice come from, Al? And Al's like, I'm really busy. Okay. Like, I really have to go. And he's like, where does ice come from, Al? And they do this really fun, like, he's just screaming and Al, I don't know. It's like going back and forth, the camera between him and Al. And then even though he's screaming, they do a separate cut of the kid with him scratching his nails on a chalkboard as well. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a fun character. It was a good example, too, of how this show is a children's show, but it's just as much a parody of children's shows.
0: Yeah, it was, which sort of made me, like it begged the question, kind of, Was this for kids? I think that is a
1: great question that we can talk about right after this commercial break.
0: Ian, can we throw to commercial in a way that is similar to how they throw to commercial in the Weird Al show? Great. Do it. One and Dud TV will be right back. We promise. And now a word from our sponsors.
1: Hi, this is Ian, and I'm trying to do this commercial as quickly as possible. Please review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Hive Social at One and done TV. Email us, oneanddonepod at gmail.com with any suggestions or thoughts. If you haven't hit the skip forward 15 seconds button yet, I will be amazed. Okay, enjoy the show. Wow, John, okay, great way of transitioning to commercial, just like they do in the Weird Al show. Although sometimes it's Billy West and sometimes it's just Weird Al screaming.
0: It is, I tried to, it was one of those things I had to like stifle the scream. It's a, it was interesting.
1: Billy West's voice and sense of humor goes really well with Al's sense of humor because they both like doing those kind of, old school radio voices or like even the Flintstones or Mm -hmm. just like generic old timey TV sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, also Billy West is like a good joking voice of authority. Yes. And I was like, how much does this guy work in the nineties? I mean, he was Ren and Stimpy for a while. Well, he was Stimpy for a while. Then he was Ren and Stimpy. You know, he's got Futurama well, that was a little bit later, but yeah. uh, he was all, he was Doug. He was the voice of Doug. Okay. He was uh, all over the place. Red M&M, you name it.
0: Mm-hmm. He, I mean, when you've got that voice, I think when you got to flaunt it, baby, that's what that's I said. That's true.
1: He got his start on the Howard Stern show doing these hilarious impressions of Lucille Ball, like in the hospital with emphysema. <laughs> And just, like, with this gravelly smoker's voice, there I highly recommend you go back and, and look at them.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I will. I will. You know what? I will. I was talking to I the will. viewer,
1: not you. I don't care what you do. Yeah.
0: <sighs> well, then I guess I'll just twiddle my thumbs and just kind of kick the carpet.
1: Should we try to describe this show to people?
0: Yeah. I say let's try to go through, like, what a general episode looks like so the weird owl theme which the weird owl theme is fantastic i really like the weird owl theme
1: yeah it's a really fun 30 second song oh it's like a minute 10
0: oh that makes sense
1: yeah. harvey the wonder hamster is like 30 seconds that um, one is for 30 seconds yeah but also the animation in the theme song is really fun it changes as it moves along sometimes it's claymation sometimes it's animated sometimes it's like a or it's like a late '90s CGI. Uh, what comes to mind is the type
0: of CGI. You know what? It reminds me of Crazy Frog. You know those what like music videos, like no, it's like hyper techno sort of. Ding 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 ding.
1: That makes sense, but I'm not a music video person. I I never got into them, uh, unless they were Weird Al's.
0: That's true. Did have great. Or the one videos. with
1: Christopher Walken
0: running around dancing in the mall. Truly have no idea what that is. Weapon of choice. That's it. Gotcha. So each episode opens with a lesson, which apparently was a studio note that they needed to... Well, if to, that's where
1: they were getting the funding from, they had to do a lesson.
0: And they had to. And it really set the tone because they said they needed to make the lesson very clear. So mm-hmm. some of these... I want to try to read some of these lessons from the first couple episodes in the way that Billy West uh, reads them, just not in terms of doing a Billy West impression, but in terms of the emphasis. So we've got, don't make promises you can't keep, (laughs) or you should try to understand people who are different from you. We've also got... When faced with a challenge, try your best and don't be afraid to seek good advice. So these are the kinds of <laughs> lessons that are being taught the youth of America on a Sunday, Saturday morning. And there's some sort of general thread that passes through, like the, um, you know, try to understand people who are different from you episode has a sort of through line of a group of miners who accidentally break through Al's wall, and Al sort of shrugs them off as garbage, but they actually try to help him out throughout the show, and they end up doing and like... they're a,
1: played by Michael McKean and the guy who plays Squiggy in Laverne and Shirley.
0: And Clarence Clemens, the saxophone player for the E Street Band. Uh, okay. It made me so happy to see him. And... In between these sort of general lessons that stretch out throughout the episodes, we've got a series of things that can happen. We have uh, Bobby the Inquisitive Boy will come in and ask a question to which Al will show a short film uh, through his film projector, which are almost never related to the question that's being asked.
1: Right. And then at the end, he's like, I hope that answered your question. And they're always made of um, old footage from i'm sure they don't have to pay anything for this footage and then they just make up a narration to the footage and it's very silly
0: yeah like there's one that's like be kind to your teeth which is just a lot of close-ups of mouths from what i remember i don't know that was the sort of stuff that stuck out to me this show is so hard to remember because it's so (laughs) all over the place. It's so irreverent.
1: I'm even looking at my notes and I'm like, how do I, how do I pinpoint this in my memory here? There's no through line, you know, it's tough.
0: Okay. I have an exercise that I want to get to after we just kind of lay out the general structure. But so just putting a pin in that. So we've usually got some sort of a uh, video. There's always a section where Al just goes over to the, his TV and watches TV which is just an excuse to have random filmed sketches every now and then. I love the way he runs
1: to the TV. He's like, I, he's
0: like, boy, what are
1: we going to do about that? I know, let's watch TV! And then he like scurries to the TV.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very playful. There, there could be anything. He's got this recurring character, uh, Fred Huggins, which is sort of a Mr. Rogers type where his uh, puppets hate him. Uh, he's got another one where... It's like a, a fitness enthusiast that always is being stretched in weird ways.
1: He's being like bent and broken.
0: Yes, there. I think some of my favorites though were the the PSAs that they did. There oh, was, y- what's the uvula one again? I don't. I don't remember the uvula one. It's, it's like clean uvula your
1: uvula or something like that.
0: <laughs> Please, thanks, and uvula.
1: My, it was mind your manners was like the lesson. And it was like, please say, please thank your parents and always clean your uvula or something like that.
0: <laughs> I liked a uh, one that was just, it was a woman standing in front of a black background. And she said, when people stop listening to each other, communication breaks down. You've had a hard day. You're distracted. You're tired. Your friend says, how's it going? And you say, Not much. You've just lost a friend. Words are powerful. (laughs) That's right. That killed me. And there's also just some basic, like, three second parodies. There's like Sabrina the Teenage Fish. There was another one with Victoria Jackson, which I'm having a hard time remembering. There's one where Alex
1: Trebek hosted a commercial called Know It All Correspondence School. Yes. I can't even rem- I remember he was there and I wrote it down. I have no memory of this because mm-hmm. it's so it's so goofy and irreverent, you know? Yeah. And they go so quickly. The one that I really loved, I think my favorite one, uh, TV parody, was interviews with close-ups of celebrities. <laughs> so it was someone interviewing Clint Eastwood, and it was just a close-up of a mouth. Because I'm sure that whoever was doing this impression can only do the gritted Clint Eastwood mouth and voice. So they're doing this uh, interview of him, and he's like, what I love about your newest movie, and he goes, my newest movie? I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about my newest line of salad dressings. <laughs> and
0: he's, and like, then he's like, Clint Eastwood Ranch. Clint Eastwood <laughs> Blue Cheese. Clint Eastwood Thousand Island. Yeah, honey mustard. <laughs> And when we get away from the TV, there's usually also some sort of, there can be a Harvey the Wonder Hamster stunt because Harvey is Al's best friend who is also a stunt hamster. Should make that known.
1: That's right. In the first episode, they put him in a little car and then he evil Knievels a ramp, which I should look back at that. I remember wondering, like, I wonder uh, if there was any animal safety concern Stuff in this, there must have been, but I didn't pay attention to it at the time.
0: It's all like a stuffed hamster. No hamsters were harmed in the making of this show, or in the making of this podcast. Was it obviously a stuffed hamster? Yeah, there was one time
1: where he gets his hair blown out, and he basically has an owl wig. (laughs) Only it's the hamster's hair. Um, One time he is—I can't even remember. Was it something to do with the microwave? where Harvey is blown up, where he, like, uh, enlarged, I mean, like, honey, we blew up ourselves, uh, style, and he becomes the world's largest rodent. And then the Guinness Book of World Records comes by, and they're doing all these Guinness records are, like, in Al's house. Yeah, like, most consistent
0: uh, free throws made. It's just a guy that's shooting hoops at a... Basketball hoop that's sticky out of a guy, another guy's backpack.
1: Right. And then there was the world's longest game of Marco Polo being played and being timed by the record holder for having timed someone the longest. And then he'd close it out with a musical guest sometimes. Sometimes he sang. The first episode was Bare Naked Ladies. The There was a Hanson episode. There were some uh,
0: bands that I'd never heard of. Um, no. I can't even. I wrote them down. Well,
1: the first one, it was Bare Naked Ladies, and I was like, oh, is this a talk show format? Like, is this going to end with a musical group every episode? And then it didn't every episode, but it did enough.
0: Yeah, there was Hanson and Bare Naked mm-hmm. Ladies were the only ones that I knew. There was also Immature and Radish which sound made up. And honestly, if it was just a, a joke on me, I'd get it. But they did seem to have real songs. And the I think my favorite part about the Hanson uh, number was that it wasn't Bob. It was like one oh, of their yeah. other
1: songs. Actually, is it bad that I kind of liked
0: that song? It was. I actually did too. <laughs> I don't think and so. Then,
1: but I, you could tell it was totally lip synced. Like the kid who was singing, whichever Hanson brother that is, I was like, that noise is not coming out of your mouth right now.
0: No. There was the drummer one that uh, had the mic on, and you're like, you're not singing. No. I are barely w- drumming.
1: Actually, I'm surprised they didn't
0: do more,
1: they didn't have more fun with yeah. these sets. I thought they would make do something irreverent with it, S- some weird camera angles, something, but it was just like filming somebody uh, playing... Just like any night on the tonight show or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they it was were like
1: three or four camera angles, that's it.
0: Yeah. They were really trying, I feel like, at certain times to kind of ground it back in some sort of reality, which I just thought I was like I kind of get the note, because right, like people is understand a lot. this. People
1: yeah. get this aspect of it. So they'll feel more comfortable with it because it's more normal.
0: Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said about a show that is just wholly strange and wild and kind of forgettable at times, too. Like, I, I got to admit, there was times where I found myself checking out and then checking back in. And then I was like, oh, something completely different is happening right now. Right. I took a
1: copious amount of notes so I could try to keep all the episodes straight. And I'm looking at my notes, going, "What is going on?" I mean, can I can
0: I read like one episodes? Because that's bullets... the point, John. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, were you gonna do the same thing? No, I mean that's the point of this section of the, uh, the episode. I know. I just want to. I just want to like the the notes themselves that I wrote down as I was just trying to get everything down. Please. So we've got the lesson of the episode was a true friend is someone who helps you believe in yourself and achieve your goals. (laughs) And then here's just what I wrote in the order in which they appeared. Dweezil Zappa, Sabrina the Teenage Fish, May I Take Your Order Please Shampoo, Dr. Phillips Pet Psychologist, played by Emo Phillips, You May Have Won $10 Million, Yoko Ono Alarm, Harvey Nervous About His Stunt, and then Silly Choice Dinners. And, and that, that was, was the episode. episode. That was the episode.
1: But then there were episodes there were, where there was more of a through line. Like the first episode is – actually, there were two episodes about bullying. Yeah. <laughs> the first one was a guy comes in and is like, hey, Al, you're going to be cool for these cool people. So Al keeps trying to impress him. Uh, but then his nerdy friend comes over, played by Pat Oswalt, and he's even not the cool guy. And Patton Oswald both are like, let's get out of here. Al's not cool and leave. And that's like the whole episode is like him just trying to impress this guy. The miners bust in, into his house on accident. And then they keep trying to repair the wall. And then they do repair the wall. But then they also help him like solve his problems. Uh, the Guinness Book of Records episode. That's the through line. Oh, the one where the boss is son or nephew bosses Al around for an entire episode. And then he learns that the kid's just lonely and that's why he's being mean. Mm -hmm. So there were some through lines in it. But even then, when the kid's bossing him around, it's like, do this thing. And whatever that thing is, it was ridiculous. I cannot, for the life of me, remember what it is.
0: Yeah, that's the thing about... Weird Al too as a songwriter is that some of his songs can be so dense with jokes that you don't really understand sometimes everything that he said until you actually like learn the lyrics yourself. Mm. And sometimes it's because it's in a very fast tone. Maybe it's just because it is so weirdly specific at times. Like, uh, you know, I think about the beginning of uh, everything You Know Is Wrong, which is... you yeah. know, I was driving down the freeway in the fast lane with a rapid wolverine in my underwear when suddenly a guy behind me in the backseat popped right up and thrust his hands across my eyes. I guess they said Uncle Frank or Cousin Louis is a Bob or Joe or Walter. Could it be Bill or Jim? And then you just keep going like that at that pace and you're like, I don't know. I can't process this as it's happening. But I've just heard the song so many times that it just makes me giggle every time.
1: Uh, there was a lyric that... We were analyzing the other day, actually, uh, me and a couple of our friends, and it was, the parents pay the moil and he gets to keep the tip. <laughs> and we were like, wow, that's a really funny line. And then we analyzed, we were looking at the lyrics for fly, li- uh, pretty, fly like a fly rabbi. For a rabbi. Yeah. Fly like a rabbi. No, it's pretty fly for, <laughs> fly a, for rabbi. a rabbi. No, I got it. And we were all like wow this is such a great song and then half the lyrics are great and the other half are, half are like kind of anti-semitic and we were like yeah. oh that's we're like this doesn't hold up uh, as well as we thought it did if you really sit here and listen to it uh, but that is al is rarely a controversial figure he's only there's a couple times where he's put in words that don't really hold up but um he's always been the tamest trying to be inclusive funny goofy person he likes to use a lot of just funny sounding words yeah um but he also has a sick sense of humor like sometimes it gets a little violent you know what i mean
0: yeah dark and gross and i think i think the one element of that that you were just talking about because i think that's a great point that does show up in this show is the amount of fat jokes. Yeah,
1: because the superhero is fat man.
0: Yeah, there's a running thing where there it's a cartoon series that pops up throughout the 13 episodes, uh, where it's fat man. And there's any time that uh the animated Al character eats a like jelly donut, he turns into a superhero who's fat. And the entire joke is that he's fat and he eats a lot. That was where I checked out. Well, certainly the in most. the
1: first one, they subverted it where the he's Fat Man and he could have, it's like the city's flooded with chocolate or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so you'd think Fat Man would eat all the chocolate, but actually he has this other solution to it. So they subvert it on the first one and that made me be like, oh, okay. But then after that, every joke was just, he was fat. Yeah. So they 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 only uh
0: yeah. It it is a kind of running theme through Al's like eighties stuff too. It's a lot of fat jokes. And I'm glad that he's kind of stepped away from that since the late nineties. But you well, do also
1: with Michael Jackson's he doesn't perform uh
0: Oh yeah, he doesn't perform i I'm anymore. fat anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's many reasons not to perform that song. We could debate them on High Fidelity, like in our High Fidelity episode. Or they could be a part of uh, the Dunzo Awards. We'll be right back with the Dunzo Awards. Don't you move! And now a word from our sponsors. It's time for the Dunzo Awards. These are the awards and superlatives that we give out to every show that we watch. It could be the best. It could be the worst. It could be the most. It could be the weirdest. Whatever it is, we have decided to single out elements of the Weird Al show and give them the awards that they are so very, very deserving of. Ian, would you like to give out your first of two Dunzo Awards for the Weird Al show?
1: My first Dunzo Award, I like to call the Classic Al Award. (laughs) Oh, classical. I didn't even think about that. Anyway, (laughs) uh, he does one of my favorite moves of his, which if you've ever seen the music video, "Living Living with a Hernia, which most people have not. Uh, he does a sort of James Brown character in mm-hmm. that, where he moves his feet a lot like James Brown. He does uh, that whole thing. But uh, how familiar with James Brown are you, John? I have you, have you ever have, like really watched any anything he's done or like one of his concerts or something? You know,
0: I know the basic moves, and I saw Get On Up with uh, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, okay, nice. So you know the move where James Brown
1: gets so exhausted on stage he loses all his energy and the person throws
0: their coat on him. The first exposure I had to that was in the Living with a Hernia music video, but yes. Exactly.
1: Yeah, And, I mean, I love those moments. I love when James Brown does it, but I love when Weird Al makes fun of it and does it himself. Um, Because, first of all, you shouldn't do a James Brown impression without doing it. And... Second, and it's not an impression, impression. It's just in the style of. Uh, and second of all, it's just Al makes this face. He like does this exhausted thing. Cause the whole point of the move is that James Brown is like exhausted. And then he just someone's gotta cover him up with a coat. And they're like, you're done, you're done. And he starts to like crawl. Not crawl off stage, but just like sulk off stage like, oh, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I don't have the energy anymore. But then like the music gives him more energy and he like flings the coat off and comes back to life. And uh, Al did that in the episode where he had a sidekick in the form of a band leader. And I just I love that. I could watch it a million times. It's always funny to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such an interesting like thing because you watch it with sincerity, and you're like, oh man, James Brown is really working. And then you watch Al do it and you're like, nice. nice. And I think that's gotta be
1: like a music reference that is gonna be lost to people going oh, forward. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I and I'm wondering if it's I it's funny on its own, but it is an extra layer of funny if you know what's going on.
0: It is. Excellent. Excellent call. Great. So movie. what is your first Dunzo Award, John? My first Dunzo Award goes to Best Crossover Weird Al Edition. Okay. And that will be the inclusion of Al's mom oh, in yeah. the show. It may be, like, for those that don't know Weird Al's story, his parents both died together in some sort of like freak accident a few years ago. It was
1: a carbon monoxide poisoning where they were sleeping and they, he had bought them this big house and something with, they lit a fire in the fireplace, but they didn't open up the flume at the top. And I don't know if the house filled with smoke or if it was like a invisible, you know, gas sort of thing, but Unfortunately, they went to bed and they never woke up and there is actually a lot of stuff out there about this. You can hear Weird Al talk about it, but he was also on tour while this happened Mm -hmm. and he chose to keep touring because he's an only child and it was one of those things where he just, he was kind of criticized for it at the time by some people and he was just like, what am I supposed to do? Like work? Work is fun. Work is a good distraction. Yeah, Uh, I my whole life was just taken away from me. I don't even know if he was married yet. I Uh, think, I think he might have been. Yeah, he might have been. But his, I mean, his daughter's pretty young, so Mm -hmm. you know, he might have been newly married for all I know. Yeah, it was. uh, It was a tragic time in his life.
0: It was, and you see it though throughout, like even before they died, the affection that he has for his parents and how supportive they were of him throughout his entire life. You know, it's not a easy thing to have a kid that wants to play the accordion and kind of sees everything in a different way than everyone no, else. And no, no, John, he,
1: you're getting your lore wrong. They gave him the accordion.
0: Yeah, but they, and I know that they gave him the accordion, but he loved the accordion and he was a bit of an outsider. It seemed like, and he, he, Dude, I I got to send
1: you. Recently, I watched Weird Al's Behind the Music on YouTube. It's on YouTube. And I thought it was a joke at first, but it's a sincere, actual Behind the Music for Weird Al. And they interview his parents. And I think that was actually the first time I had really seen an interview with them as opposed to just heard him talk about them. And they're just like really sweet, Mm -hmm. wrinkly old people. (laughs) and clearly they never thought that anything about their family would be famous or big time or whatever. They just seem like wholesome, sweet, quiet people. And yeah. that she's very nice. And when he was talking about how his mother was going to come out, I was wondering if it was going to be her or an actress playing some sort of exaggerated version. I uh, had the
0: exact same thought. And then when the fact, the fact that they did actually have Mary Yankovic show up to and they don't show it, obviously. They they cut to it and then they cut away and then they cut back to it. But her it's her banjo and balancing act. Right, right. It just made me so happy to see her you're like, I'm so happy you brought all these people together and you're like, Oh
1: Mary and You're like you're like, This is extra sweet now that I know you died so tragically.
0: <laughs> Come it on, does- you know I'm right. I am in a dark place in my life. What can I say? <laughs> I really found some <laughs> sick comfort in seeing no, the person okay. who I knew just, would die a few years later. Right, right. it's the
1: extra f- sweets. for for whatever reason. Knowing the story, it's makes it somehow sweeter. Yeah, but, but it's knowing... really nice to see their connection on on screen.
0: Exactly, because you you see, you've seen how he talks about them. You've seen how they talk about him. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen them like together. And it just made me really happy as a fan, as a huge fan of his. Mm-hmm. Universe. Uh, Ian, what is your second Dunzo?
1: My second Dunzo is called the Most Forgettable Award. Mm. Now,
0: I reference this
1: wholly in the middle of our episode, but there is a certain category of TV show that whether I enjoy it or not, it's that there is a ridiculous to them, like it's always sunny, like Aquatine, Hunger Force, like MTV's ridiculousness. Uh, no, I actually never got into that. Is that a Rob? What do Rob Deerdick? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, or Broad City is another one where they're just so crazy and rambunctious and all over the place and high octane that I will watch full episodes over and over again and retain almost zero of it. Like this show is just so densely it's it's very dense in its comedy. It's very irreverent. It's all over the place. I mean, one all the jokes are funny but one joke does not necessarily lead to the next joke does not no. necessarily lead to the next joke i mean they could be painting camels one minute and the next second you know al is on a trampoline made of cardboard i don't know like <laughs> it, and there's no there's no oh of course i see how painting camels led to being on a trampoline full of cardboard it just I can't retain it because as a writer, one of the things I'm a fan of when I watch TV and movies is I love connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. I love seeing how they start one way, how something happens, the characters have to decide on what to do after that, and then uh, go through the second and the third act and just see how they sort of Reveal the information that we need in a certain way in order for us to be both surprised and for us to be satisfied.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I get that.
1: Shows like this don't necessarily have that. You could argue that it kind of does, but it doesn't necessarily. I just can't remember it. And that isn't even, I'm not even saying it's, when I say forgettable, I'm not saying bad. I'm just saying
0: I cannot remember it. <laughs> Do you have any specific sketches without looking at your notes? Any that like really stood out to you or any specific bits that... The one...
1: Okay. She's an actress that was in 24 and the Larry Sanders show. And I cannot remember her name.
0: Her name is Mary Lynn Rice And
1: she plays a weather girl who is up against a green screen that has the United States and the weather on it. And she accidentally pokes a stick through Ohio. And she's like, Oh my God, I just destroyed Ohio. And then she accidentally rips the rest of the East coast of the map. And she's like, my parents live there. What have I done? And then she falls through the whole uh, green screen. And it was just a really silly quick moment that was awesome to me. I loved that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think in terms of like quick stuff like that, for me, it was, do you remember the got milk thing?
1: Oh, I I wrote that down. It was, okay, wait, wait, wait. I do. It was, I'm holding uh, my finger up to your lips. I've got it.
0: On the computer. I I remembered it. Why are you asking me to hold for?
1: (laughs) I'm asking you to hold because I also enjoyed that moment. And this is a connection between the both of us. That we remembered got a six foot heavy duty extension cord with a two prong adapter. What? That's not what you were talking about? No. Oh my God. No, it's a different got milk thing. All right.
0: You tell me. I know, I know what you're thinking of, though. I know what that is. Dueling no. got milks. No, I was thinking. I was thinking of the other got milk thing where it's like the guy who is, it's a guy sitting at his kitchen table and he pours milk into a cereal. And they'd say over the speaker, got milk. And he goes, yeah. Yeah. Right here. I got it. And then oh like, Oh, somebody yes. else comes in, somebody else comes in and they're like, got milk. And they're like, reaches over to the one that the guy has like, now I do. Yeah. Got milk. Sure. You got milk. Yeah. yeah we we've got milk. And then like six ninjas invade the kitchen and they just like pour out all the milk and they go in the fridge and they like destroy the entire fridge. And over the, the, the voiceover person's like, how about now? How about now? You got milk now? You got milk now? What are you going to do about it? You're going to cry over your spilled milk? Well, you can't because you don't have any. It's just,
1: uh, it, it, tickled me. So good. Mine was that it's a joke where there's a countdown and a rocket's about to take off. And this guy is, like, sweating. He's under a lot of pressure. And he realizes that this giant, heavy computer, I guess, needs to be plugged into a wall socket by the time the countdown hits zero. And he's, like, dragging this thing across a room by the the cord. And then he, like, falls down. He's so exhausted. And he uses his, like, last breath to try to plug it into the wall only to realize that he has a three pronged cord and it's a two pronged uh, uh, socket. And then it says got six foot electrical grounded t- t- three pronged, whatever it is.
0: It was, that's it was so funny. That we, were both, that. we were both tickled by got milk bits, different and- got
1: milk bits, but you can see what I love about this show too, is there is a bit of a, time capsule of the 90s in it it definitely i recognize so many things from my childhood
0: speaking of i would like to give my second dunzo award so my first one of course was best crossover weird al edition don't tell me
1: that this perfectly goes with what i just said
0: it goes with best crossover one and done tv edition ian we need to talk about john Tesh. Of course, we need to talk about John Tesh. So, for those that then didn't we need li- to
1: talk about Kevin, but first <laughs> we'll talk about
0: John Tesh. <laughs> so, for those that don't know or that didn't listen to our Bob Patterson episode starring Jason you Alexander, you will stop this one. Go back and listen to it. Bob Patterson heavily featured a musician named John Tesh, who neither Ian nor I had heard of in any real way before. C'd. Bob Patterson, but they kept talking about John Tesh and how lovely John Tesh was and how amazing John Tesh was. And,
1: and how everyone we, knows John Tesh doesn't break a contract and the women are swooning over John Tesh and he's pretty much second build. I mean, they the say first his couple name episodes, yeah. more than they say the main character's name. It's John Tesh this, John Tesh that, and
0: me and John were texting
1: like, who is John Tesh?
0: <laughs> and so- I started watching the the show before Ian did and I got to the second episode and I said, Ian, have you gotten to the second episode of the Weird Al show? He said, no, I haven't started watching it yet. I said, text me when you do. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He was like, okay. So I had his wife film him <laughs> watching <laughs> it. Maybe I'll put it up in stories. And John Tesh is the primary narrative driver of the second episode where Al says that he's best buddies with John Tesh, but John Tesh requires an $82,000 appearance fee. So the whole
1: episode he's trying to raise $82,000 to get John Tesh because he's lied to his superhero friends and said he knows him. So to
0: cover up his lie, he's like, oh man, where am I going to get $82,000? And so then he creates a series of infomercials to sell his own products. Of course, they're all garbage. I think he calls like a fork, a three-pronged, you know, eating apparatus and stuff like that. And so everyone wants a refund. And he sells everyone to come to the cave. And who, of course, comes to the cave to get demand a refund but John Tesh. And so I would not have cared about that episode as much had we not had been primed to understand the phenomenon that apparently was John Tesh.
1: He hosted Entertainment Tonight for 10 years. He plays the piano and he puts on shows.
0: That's John Tesh for you. And that is my second done-so.
1: Last night, I asked my mom if she knew who John Tesh was. And she was like, yeah, he's like the butt of all those jokes. And I was like... Wait, what are you talking about? Like what what is your understanding of John Tesh? What does John Tesh mean to you? <laughs> uh and she just knows him basically as he like hosted entertainment tonight. He's a pianist, but like he's like the butt of a joke to like musicians. Basically, he's famous for these things, but he's nothing, is what she said. Like he's She's- not quite a quite a He's not really an actor. He's not the best musician in the world. He's just this guy that's known, and he's not the best at anything. And I was like, wow, mom, scathing review of John Tesh. She's like, that's just what I know him from. That's People
0: would make jokes about John oh Tesh. God. I don't know. Gene Hamilton, savage critic. <laughs> she was just regurgitating what she heard. John you know? Tesh. I,
1: I think we did some John Tesh... Eviscerating in our Bob Patterson episode,
0: we did, but that was before we knew John Tesh, and now we know John Tesh, and he's still fine. Have you listened to his live at Red Rocks yet, John? <laughs> no, I still because I did.
1: Listening. Also, I just learned that he does a lot of praise music now. So there's not only live at Red Rocks, there's now there like praise at Red Rocks.
0: Oh boy! He so I think that's how he's, to his Red uh, Rocks
1: album. I think that's how he's keeping the money going. Oh, man. Get it, John Tash, wherever you are. Get it.
0: I'm, I'm happy for him. I, before we move into kind of the final section of the show, there's one thing that is, I feel like, so instrumental to the show that we haven't really touched on yet, and it's how gross this show can be. I was so grossed out by the food, specifically, <laughs> In this show, yes, there are so I many wrote a couple s- of those down too. Could you could you read off a couple of Al's concoctions? So, Al, for a lot of his career, you know, some of his biggest songs are like "Eat It" and "Lasagna," and I feel like that's sort of a lot of people's inroads to Weird Al is his sort of association. My Bologna, with, yeah, with food parodies, and so I feel like he has this sort of innate desire to sort of skew towards that, but man, some of, well, Ian, can you read off a couple of the things that he makes uh, in the show?
1: He has a bake sale to try to raise money for John Tesh's appearance. He makes uh, goat cheese and arugula brownies, which Mm -hmm. he sells for $5,000 a piece (laughs) and fudge muffins with mustard filling for $10,000 a piece. But then, uh, for some reason, he ups them to twenty. I can't remember why. He calls. Uh, he invents the fork and calls it an amazing four time food stabber.
0: That's it. I've got two more in addition to what you said as well. We have uh, tapioca stuffed potatoes. He loves to say tapioca. He does love to say tapioca. He also had uh, tuna punch, but he would throw on. That's right like motor oil onto foods and sardines. He does love to say sardines as well. Frozen
1: waffle and sardine nachos for a nutrition break.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There was just something so deeply upsetting seeing that stuff being made. And I know it wasn't real and I know it was probably flavored and movie magic and whatnot, but I did not appreciate it. (laughs) I don't know. He just
1: loves to have fun with food, man. He, he does. does. Split pea soup is. Oh, yeah. Split pea
0: soup. Lots of split pea soup. Yeah. It's there like there not are even... certain
1: Weird Al staples. And I didn't go to any of those for Classic Al.
0: Classical. No. Who knew? Because you didn't want to see me heave.
1: I didn't know. Well, what do you hate? You hate cheese and you hate eggs, right? Yes. Sicko. I know. Although I'm mostly dairy-free now, actually, so Ooh. yeah, I've barely had any cheese for two months.
0: Congrats, grad.
1: Well, I mean, really, it's just not—it's not great for the tum tum now.
0: Yeah, the lead away. We're old, and yet we're still talking about Weird Al. So because he'll never die, and he'll—he'll he'll always tap into the kid inside of us. <laughs> well, I think it's time to throw to one more quick commercial break. One and Done TV will be back with the thrilling conclusion of the Weird Al Show episode. And now a word from our sponsors. Ian, I think it's time we talk about why the Weird Al Show only lasted 13 episodes. I'm surprised
1: it lasted 13 episodes considering... That is a very normal amount for a first season of a show, and this is a Saturday morning children's show. So why it would follow that traditional format is uh, interesting to me as well.
0: Yeah, but I think when you have that, you have different standards for success, which I think are a little bit more malleable. And so especially when it is filling a function for the network. You know, like I said, they were trying to... Uh, meet these new FCC rules uh, to have a certain number of hours for educational and informative content. And so when the network is trying to invest in it, they're really trying to, you know, hit this threshold so that they can create a product that they can, you know, use and meet that. And so, and especially when you've got somebody like Dick Clark sort of being the conduit between the Weird Al and uh, the network. I think it creates a lot of, a lot of cooks in the kitchen, uh, and that has, that seems to be very evident in the why it was canceled. From my understanding, the network wanted it to be like mostly kid show, and they wanted it to be silly and goofy, and Al wanted it to be a little bit more, still subversive, and a lot of his humor and his material is very PG. Like he never goes above PG 13 with anything that he's ever done. He's generally very family friendly.
1: Right. I think he said like crap once, you know, in a
0: song. And then he probably washed his mouth out with soap after that. And so to meet these sort of moral guidelines that the network had, that is what led to Billy West shouting, the morals at the beginning of every episode. So that way they could get away with doing some more divergences from that lesson if it all sort of tied back in and it was clear that this is what the lesson of the show is. There were some things, though, that Al seemed to push that were a little too dark for the network's sensibilities. I saw this one example where... So there's the Mr. Rogers parody, uh, the Fred Huggins stuff. And the whole bit with that is there's Fred Huggins and Fred Huggins has two puppets and the two puppets hate him. And apparently during one of the cut versions of one of those sketches, one of the puppets kills itself. Oh, oh my. And they were like, no, we can't do that. (laughs) We can't have puppets committing suicide during A kid's program. And so that was the one that was changed to them calling the mental hospital to pick up Fred Huggins. Wow. So there's stuff like that. There was also sort of pushes for Al to do more uh, parodies and original stuff, too, on the show. A lot of like the credit scenes show sort of older music videos of Al's, but he doesn't really do much original music for it. There was one parody called uh, like Lousy Haircut, but I didn't really understand what that was a parody of. Apparently it was based on a song called Firestarter by The Prodigy.
1: Oh, and then there was uh, an episode where he had to, they were like, just make up a song right now. So he'd be like, there's someone at the door, there's someone at the door, someone at the door, you know.
0: And I think that was sort of a jab at the network notes that they were getting because they were like, more songs, more songs, more songs. And they were like, we can't. We don't know how to do this. We want to do our own thing. Or he might
1: be like, it could be an issue of, you know, music is his bread and butter and parodies are how he makes his living. And I got to think doing, you know, this is a step above public television. I I doubt he was making any... any real, real money here? Any showbiz money? So yeah. I'm. If I were him, from a business standpoint, I'd be like, I am not giving you that for free. You know,
0: that's a great point, especially because he was in the middle of this huge contract that he had with uh, his record company. Oh, with Columbia ju- Records, right? So, for those that don't know, I believe it was Columbia. Yeah, Al when he originally sort of got on the scene, signed this insane contract that he had to make.
1: 14 albums, I think.
0: 14 albums. So he had to make 14 studio albums before he got released from this contract. And I think it started in the 80s when he- Yeah, late 70s or early 80s. And then it ended with his last studio album, which was uh, Mandatory Fun, I think. yeah, Right,
1: 2014 or something. It was at least a 30-year contract.
0: So he was probably pretty precious about his material when it came like musically. And so he wanted this to be something different where he could bring his own sensibility to it without needing to sort of give everything away that he had been trying to work through as part of this contract. But they did. It seems like the studio was the one that was pushing the musical guests and the celebrity appearances as well. So, They would, that's where like Hanson came in. That's where Bare Naked Ladies uh, came in. And one of my favorite bits uh, that I saw was some of the guests that they got. So they were down the hall from The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, where they shot. And so as celebrities showed up for that show, they would be filming The Weird Al Show. And so sometimes the producers would go over into, like, the green rooms and ask the celebrities there and say, hey, would you mind doing a quick bit on our thing while you're waiting backstage? And so apparently that's how, like, Drew Carey popped out.
1: Wow. In. Yeah. And that so, is a true pop-in. That's, like, a very quick scene.
0: Yeah. And it's a scene where Al puts his head in, like, like a plastic surgery machine, and then he pops out, <laughs> and it's Drew Carey, and then he pops it back in and reverses it. Right. So after the one season, it seemed like it was a pretty mutual parting of ways. It seemed like a very stressful thing for Al and his team, and it was tough for the network to sort of keep them in check and try to right. They were this they were not getting what they
1: thought they would out of it.
0: Yeah, and so the Weird Al Show. Is available on Peacock. It's also, there is a DVD of all 13 episodes, and I was reading, I didn't listen to any of it, but apparently a lot of the DVD commentary is just them, <laughs> like, complaining about CBS producing the show. Wow. So I'd listen to that. I would, too. So, it seemed to be a pretty, yeah, a big endeavor. No wonder that me and you had never heard of this,
1: because sounds like Al's, like, not very proud of it or, like, just doesn't care about this as no. one of his. There's no 25th anniversary of this, like, you know, like UHF, or maybe we saw the 30th anniversary. I think
0: it was 30th, yeah. We
1: saw a Q&A with him anyway after the movie. I asked him
0: a question. No big deal. It was fine. It's fine. I was two inches away from Wes Anderson. It's fine. Yeah. Um, no big deal. Weird Al, though this was 1997 with the show – came out and we didn't really get into Weird Al until like 99. I had this question as I was thinking of it. I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. If you had watched this show, do when it aired, do you think it would have been like formative to you? In the way that, mm. for example, like Running With Scissors is like, I don't know about you. I consider especially that album, Running With Scissors, very ingrained in a lot of the ways that I, carry my person like the way that I am
1: yeah yeah it's a, a lot of our sense of humor has to do with our love of Weird Al and I could yeah I could have seen it because even if I didn't know what was going on or even if I didn't necessarily understand it there's a lot of little quick jokes that are just so over the top that I can definitely picture myself uh as a six, seven, eight-year-old sitting in front of the TV laughing with cereal in my mouth and milk falling down my chin.
0: <laughs> it's a good visual. It's a good visual. So It's I like think- uh,
1: Bill in Freaks and Geeks laughing at... Uh, Gary Shandling. Gary Shandling, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a nice image. So, with all that being said, Ian, would you...
1: Now, John, I don't want to influence you either here, okay? So make sure you lock in your answer before I say mine.
0: I've already got my thoughts sorted. I
1: would renew, but it is a very dense, ridiculous show, and it is not made for binging at all. This is, no. you watch it once every Saturday morning, go, wow, that was weird, and laugh a bit, and turn it off. Because and then that's, go to soccer
0: practice. And then yeah. go to
1: soccer practice, because that is all you can handle. Uh, mm-hmm. this, this was like, this show was a slog. This show, even though I enjoyed it, was as much of a slog as watching bad shows have been for me, because it was... I mean, the set is like candy for your eyes, you know? It was very stimulating. It was overstimulating. There was so much to pay attention to. It was so nonsensical. It was so quick that it's just like, you can only handle that for 22 minutes. Uh, I did not love watching five episodes in a row. and But as far as children's shows are concerned that can be enjoyed between both kids and adults. I think it's a great children's show. At first I wasn't uh, totally sure if it was a parody of children's shows or not, though. (laughs) Like I said, it was only like halfway through that I started to suspect it actually was a children's show and may have been on Saturday mornings. So yes, because it would be a very silly thing to watch for adults and children It's like, I mean, we sat around watching Ren and Stimpy as kids and my dad just thought it was so out there and wild and he loves Ren and Stimpy and we didn't totally get everything, but it was, there's so many funny things that happened. It doesn't matter. We didn't have to. So I think it could act like that for people easily, but I don't know if it's the best use of Al's time. If I'm going to be honest, Um, I'd rather he make a UHF I'd rather he make the upcoming biopic of him with Daniel Radcliffe cannot wait rather he co-hosts comedy bang bang um and make all the YouTube videos that he made for was it mandatory fun or was it it was mandatory fun no it
0: was apocalypse yeah that he did with jib jab right he did a video jib
1: Jab, funny or die he it was like he released I'm pretty sure that
0: was Apocalypse. yeah right Uh, I'd
1: rather he do stuff like that, and I'd rather he have full control over what's going on. And as a children's show, I think it's great, and I would renew it. If I was Weird Al's manager, I'd be like, this is not enough money, and you are not getting what you want out of this. Um, So I guess renew, but I have complicated feelings about that. John, the question then goes to you. Would you
0: renew? I would not have anything additional to say to what you just said, because I had the exact same thoughts down to a T. Really? Seriously. Seriously? I had it in my, when you said lock it in, I was like, I would renew. I would never binge because the show was exhausting. I would only want to watch it on Saturday mornings once a week give myself some space between it because it did just sort of melt me a little bit as a human being. And I really liked it at times and it got pretty grating watching it over and over like long stretches of it. So truly I think you articulated that perfectly and I no notes. Uh, I'm done. Well, I'm a genius. Seconded. Seconded wholly. Yes.
1: Uh great. Then I guess any final thoughts, any bits you want to bring up? Uh what, what 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 do you got going over in that brain of yours before we make this as long as our Lovecraft Country episode?
0: <laughs> if for any reason this episode were to get to Weird Al for any reason, I just mm-hmm. would be remiss to say that Weird Al has been truly one of his career has meant more to me than almost any singular entity in pop culture. And for that, I am so grateful for every little thing that he has done and every little thing that he will do. And yeah, even if he doesn't see this, it just needs to be said that the sincerity with which he approaches absurdity is so inspiring and it just brings me endless joy. And it made me so happy to know that he had 13, 22 minute episodes of extra stuff that I got to see him do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, great. More, more of him. This is what I want. This is like a couple months ago. I stumbled upon a mid season Simpsons episode. I had never seen before. It was like a season seven episode that had somehow passed me by all these years and I was so happy, you know, I mean, and it was great. It met my expectations. It was the one where George H.W. Bush moves across the street. So funny. <laughs> I hadn't, I had, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it passed me by. I read an article about Weird Al. I think it was, it was in, I don't know, Rolling Stone. It was in a physical magazine and it came out two summers ago. I think the summer of 2020 and the journalist talked about how they saw Al's notes for how he writes lyrics. And he stores all these alternative lyrics. Hmm. Um, he has a, a quite a bank for when he's going through everything. And he jil- diligently goes through every rhyme he can think of, every word. He doesn't just throw a line out there and say good enough. He tries to cater every single word to the song and and works incredibly hard to make every song the best that it can be, the silliest it can be. And I think the it seems effortless because he works so hard, and I try to emulate that in my own work.
0: Yeah, an inspiration. And I'm happy he's in the world at the same time that we are. Ian, where can people find us?
1: You can tweet at us or follow us on Instagram or I guess follow us on Twitter at one and done TV. You can email us at OneAndDonePod at gmail.com. Do not email OneAndDone at tv at gmail.com. We don't know who that is. That's not us. I think you should just stop putting that thought in people's heads. Of course, you can always Venmo me at Hamil Chin. I could use the money. I'm about to make this film short. It's going to be very expensive. And damn, could I use it. Uh, so just, I got my first Venmo the other day from somebody. Really? Yeah. Hey, I look was at that. very impressed. I, I was I didn't know what it was for. I thought it was a mistake at first. But um y'all are out there and my god y'all are listening. Thank you. What else did I miss anything uh oneanddonetv.com No? Uh use the uh, the little lodge plastic scraper, as always. I just finished Joe Parra talks with you season three. There is no time Such to talk a about sweet, that. Sweet, sweet show. Good God, uh, John would love it if he would give it a chance, but he won't. Yeah, I'm
0: sure I would. But uh, for in the meantime, you know, there's nothing better in this world than how to with John Wilson, and I am so happy to continue pushing that show in this first two seasons into the third. Keep watching it. Do yourself a service. But in the meantime, I think we are all donezo.
1: I'm one and dunzo. Yo. Yo. Let's just stop this.
0: you by lack of hustle media.